1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 59 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, joined by Jake Slobodnik. Jake. Did you have a nice Easter. I
1: absolutely did, man. Got to visit some family, some friends, and devoured some nice food. So it was a good Easter all around. How about
0: how was yours? Same thing. Visited the family, ate a bunch of ham, some potato salad, oh, yeah. this and that, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty solid day. Watched a Buckos win and some basketball as well, some NBA playoffs. But all in all, a pretty solid day. And. Uh, Excited to talk about the over five hundred pirates. Um, what what happened this week? The pirates are winning games.
1: First, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think Derek Shelton's in his office right now, crying into his hands because he doesn't want this. Uh, <laughs> but already, but like, oh yeah, well, I'm coming in hot because this is this is this is a really good series win for the Pirates. Not only is it against. Uh, a stacked team on paper, such as the Nationals, but it's an NL East foe, and that's arguably, I would say, the most competitive division in baseball right now, and to take three of four from them, uh, granted they're all come from behind wins, but wins nonetheless. Um, I, I, I would say this has been a really good weekend, and no matter what Derek Shelton did to put out an awful starting nine, uh, it, the Pirates overcame it, as as our... <laughs> One King Ben Gamble would say they're just a bunch of guys going out there playing ball, having fun and it proved this weekend. They took 3 of 4 from the Nationals, got above 500 for probably the only time this season and ended the home stand on a 4 and 2 note and I will take Ooh. that any day, really, no matter if it's early, late or in the middle of the season.
0: Yeah, last week when we talked, I was kind of hoping that they could go 500 against these Not super great uh, teams in Chicago and Washington, but yeah, they went four and two, five and four on the season. How about the offense? They've been scoring some runs uh, in this series nine runs, only two in the loss, but then six and five Saturday and Sunday, respectively. And the pitching is, it's a little suspect. It is, especially the starting pitching. The starting pitching is flat out, it's atrocious. There's really no other word for it, but the bullpen has been pretty solid. The offense has been scoring enough runs, even though there's still not a ton of power on this team, but they they found ways to string together hits and get on base, draw some walks, and get the timely hits, as they did in the Sunday game. And the defense, I think, though, has been just absolutely unreal. Um, you know, even... Even without Cabrian Hayes today, the Sunday game, I mean, Michael Chavis stepped in at third base, was awesome. We all saw the super awesome relay throw from Gamel to Diego Castillo, who looked pretty solid at shortstop today, to Roberto Perez. The defense has been awesome. The bullpen has been pretty solid, and the hitting's been good enough. So, you know, I I like you. I'm not sure if they will be above 500 for much longer but after that first series when they just looked like a zombie dead team in st louis in those first two games of the year i'm a little encouraged and i think i said 69 wins before the season i think that is that's doable and who knows maybe they'll surprise us and be it. One sixteenth of the season in we're looking okay
1: Yeah, we are. We really are. And um, I mean, it's so intriguing with this, with this group of players, because like you said, they're not, they're not the greatest guys in the world, but they're finding ways to get things done. Even the guys who, who aren't really successful, the Josh Van Meters of the lineup and him specifically, they haven't really done much all season long, but they know how to come up in key situations. And that's really what, that's just one of the elements it takes to win ball games. Like you can rack up the hits column, but as long as you, you know, if you're not driving in those runs, then those hits are meaningless. But whereas this week it really taught us that the pirates, they can hit in uh drive and runs in key scenarios. And, you know, the bullpen remains stout. You know, I think there's a few names in particular that we need to break down just because of their contributions, even including the elephant in the room, Michael Chavis, what a C what a homestand that he had. Yeah. Um, especially yesterday and today going a combined five for eight with a pair of RBIs, a couple extra base, uh, extra base hits in the, in those few games. Uh, He played his heart out. And um, obviously, honestly, he's, he's impressing me, especially considering he had such a poor spring training. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what he did, but he's flipping the script on all of us. He's, he's looking like an all around everyday player. He's, To me, making that shift, and this is very early, so I guess this is a way too early prediction, but if he keeps playing the way he is, he's going to go from a quad-A player who the Pirates took a flyer on last year to a very solid everyday MLB player. And, I mean, he's got the speed. His hitting has come around. Fielding today, uh, when we talk about how the Pirates should clone Key Brian Hayes, well, they kind of did that with Chavis today. made a spectacular diving stop, third, took away – Possibly another run for the Nationals, and if that's sure. the case, it could have changed the whole trajectory of the game. Um, ben Gamel's another one is elite defense yesterday, is clutch hitting today. You know, hasn't been a, a superstar by any means, but he's been getting the job done. A very serviceable player, uh, also making that, I, I guess, shedding the skin of a quad A player slowly and slowly. Um, I got to talk about Yoshi. Got to make my token mention of him, but. Uh, Picked up a few key walks in today's game. Very uh, disciplined at the plate. He's been hitting consistently in games. Um, And pitching-wise, got to credit David Bednar going two days in a row. I was surprised. I did not think Derek Shelton would do that to one of his players, but he did. And uh, Will Crow. Um, I mean, mean, I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts on him and players I mentioned, maybe some others. But Will Crow, he is – I like him more as a reliever and I hope we never see him in the starting rotation again, because this is, I don't know what he, what Oscar Marin did to him, but it's, it's working out for Will Crow now, especially when everybody was starting to give up on him. So all around, if the players that I've mentioned at least continue to do what they did this weekend, these, this pirates team might surprise some people. And I know that's very uh, risky to say nowadays, but I mean, they played their hearts out. They beat a top team. They split the series against Chicago in the middle of the week. So anything can happen, especially if these guys stay consistent. So that, that's just my takeaways from this weekend, especially on some individual performances.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely do think that Michael Chavis, you brought him up. He needs he needs to be getting more playing playing time. And the big thing that's kind of always – Uh, hampered his ability is that he strikes out a ton but 18 plate appearances this season and he struck out for the first time today so he's been getting the ball in play he's been solid I think maybe he's a utility guy maybe I don't know I'd like to see him as the everyday second baseman and maybe you spell him at first base sometimes as well I mean looking at this team I think I think we are getting to a point where, like, like obviously it's really early in the season, but we're getting to a point where some of these players are playing their way into everyday starting positions. And some players are playing themselves out of everyday starting positions. Uh, I think Chavis needs to be playing every day. I think Cole Tucker does not need to be playing every day. I think Diego Castillo needs to be playing every day. Um even like Jake Marisnik, sneaky signing on opening day pretty much but he he's been solid he's with him it's nice to kind of have like an adult in the room a uh, a veteran player that has won has been on really great teams and you look at I mentioned the defense I mean the outfield defense if you have Reynolds in center Marisnik in left and Ben Gamble in right field that is a really really solid Outfield defense, and then say Hayes at third base. I have no problem saying that Brian Hayes is the best defensive third baseman in Major League Baseball. Kevin Newman's pretty solid at shortstop until Cruz is ready. Uh, perhaps you put Chavis at second or Diego Castillo, or maybe you put Diego Castillo at short instead of Newman. I don't like. I'd be fine with that. And then of course at first base and DH, you kind of have the combination of Yoshi Vogelbach and. Chavis as well, with Perez catching. That's a solid defense behind a pretty shaking, shaky pitching staff, but there are some players that, you know, Cole Tucker, again, I keep harping on it, but I don't really need to see him play much more. Um, he's solid defensively, and he actually did start the rally today to get the comeback started in that seventh inning, but, I mean, he's just he's solid at everything except the most important, important thing which is hitting. So, I I don't really need to see him starting that much. Same with Van Meter, same with Hoy Park. I mean, they're they're just bench guys. They just are. That's how I see them. But overall really encouraging weekend and week in general. And on the position player side of things, things are starting to they're starting to form. They're starting to mesh a little bit and you know with Reynolds and Hayes as your two main drivers of offense, I think that could, that could be, that's a solid foundation. Hayes has been great when playing. Um, Reynolds is, he's getting there. He has two home runs to lead the team, but they're solid. And then whenever you factor in Vogelbach gets on base, Uh, Castillo looks to be solid with the bat. Chavis is doing really well to start the year. Marisnik has even put together some solid at-bats. The offense might be all right, and I think the defense is solid. So the position players are solid for sure. On the pitching side of things, Wilcrow, awesome. Bednar, awesome. Ronzi Contreras, Rowanzi Contreras. uh, He was awesome Thursday night against the Nationals. He went what, three innings and had five strikeouts. He looked really great. I wouldn't mind just sticking him in the starting rotation like they probably should have at the beginning of the year. But uh, he looked great. Stratton's fine. The back end of the bullpen is pretty solid. Um, I guess we could talk about our buddy Mitch Keller, though. Uh, Just (laughs) put it on me now. Give me the I told you so's. I fell no, for the I'm
1: spring not, training mirage. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gloat and say I told you so because <laughs> everybody had rightful reason to believe that Mitch Keller was a new and improved guy given all the improvements he made in the offseason. It's just I don't know about you, but I can't pinpoint exactly what's wrong with him. Like, yeah, location's a big thing, but like it just doesn't make any sense to me how you can just decimate the competition in spring training look like a completely new person and then come in the regular season and say, Oh, the only, the only glowing attribute to me is that I added maybe two to three miles per hour in my fastball. And like, and there are people out there that will sort of pick apart Mitch Keller and bring out the positives. And like, they'll really dive deep and say, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of one, but it's like, Oh, well he got maybe like so-and-so of a whiff rate this (laughs) inning and like, he'll just, you know, go out, you know, they'll, they'll say that he can be good. And I'm just like, I don't see it. You can't be a spring training Cy Young. You got to perform in the regular season. That's the name of the game. And I I mean, could he be possibly, and this is just me speculating, I guess, trying to not be so cynical when it comes to a human being playing sport, but is it possible that maybe he could be another Will Crow where a transition to an all to a full-time bullpen role, might service him a little bit better than being in the starting rotation because he's – listen, you talk about Roansy Contreras and how he deserves to be in the starting rotation, and I'm 100% behind that. And, listen, I would love to see Mitch Keller get taken out of the starting rotation and let Roansy Contreras get a little bit of time to shine. And with the way Derek Shelton has been managing his bullpen lately, he's been going, you know, multi-inning relievers out of the pen, obviously Will Crow and Roansy getting three-inning walks here and there. Um Mitch Keller could be that guy. Maybe you put him in the late their middle to late innings and he actually shines like he's supposed to. It's just maybe starting out of the gate, he's not that good. And I I wish that maybe Shelton and Charrington would get together and maybe explore this option a little bit and maybe not give up on Keller so quickly. And I I feel like I'm so, I'm actually surprised that more people haven't suggested this because it seems it seems a little too logical to yeah I guess, possibly come true. But, I mean, give him a shot. If he's clearly struggling in the starting rotation, and you, I mean, Will Crow proved to be the guinea pig that turned out to be harmless, or not harmed from the experiment, give him a shot. And if he doesn't work in the bullpen, then that's when maybe you start to cut the cord and get, you know, cut the ties and tell Mitch, hey, maybe you can make it better off somewhere else, or maybe you can go to you know Japan or Korea for a season, maybe like a Nick Kingham or a Cody Ponce, and maybe find your footing again, and maybe try your luck going forward. But I, I just I, I don't know why they keep trotting him out there and leaving guys like Rowan and Contreras in the bullpen, or maybe even younger arms like Cody Bolton and Triple A, who you know give him a shot. I I don't know. I but I'm not gonna sit here and say I told you so. I'm gonna try to find the gold. During the positive times, go through the terrible <laughs> times, and I, I I'm I don't want to say make an excuse for him, but maybe just take another way of thinking instead of just saying oh Mitch Keller is ass, we don't want him anymore. Like I'm trying I'm trying to turn a new leaf here, Nathan, especially now that we're on the winning side of things.
0: Uh, I'm I'm gonna make excuses for him real quick because I know I did tweet about it. I said I want to see him in the bullpen. And I'm done. I said I'm done. And I I am kind of done with him starting. But, you know, I pulled up the old fan graphs just now. And classically enough, obviously, he's only pitched 7.2 innings. So super small sample size. But you look at it, he's got a 9.39 ERA. His expected ERA, 3.38. So, Classically, uh, Mitch Keller's peripherals are better than what he's shown, and he has been getting kind of bappiped to death. His bappip against is 444, so balls in play are falling on him. So I'm gonna retract my tweet statement and say, give him a few more starts to see. But if we're two starts and we're Two more starts away having the same conversation. Honestly, his leash just might be one more bad start. But, yes, no, I definitely do think that he can be another Will Crow. And the Pirates have a chance here. If they want, they can they can kind of uh, experiment with who should be the starter and who should be the piggybacker because – Ronzi has been coming out of the pen and um, you know, being being the second end of the piggyback and it has been solid, but he could start. The only person I don't want to see start at all is Will Crow because him out of the bullpen has been a really great thing. Nine and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. He needs to stay in the bullpen. Don't want to see him start at all. But who's to say, like, why can't Miguel Yajure get a start here and there, even though he hasn't really looked good, or Dylan Peters, who really hasn't looked that great either, although he hasn't allowed a run yet. Why can't they get a start? I definitely want to see Zach Thompson stay in the rotation for sure, but, you know, whether it's Bryce Wilson, JT Brubaker, Jose Quintana, Yajure, Peters, Keller... Any one of those guys could be the starter and the other one could be the the second starter of the game. It really doesn't matter to me. And I wouldn't mind seeing the Pirates kind of mix and match more often and give some of the quote-unquote long relief bullpen guys some opportunities to, to start and be the first pitcher of the game. Um, and, yeah, you look at Triple A, there are... Other guys, like Chase DeYoung, who was a part of the no-hitter this past week. Mm. And you mentioned Cody Bolton. He's someone that we'll probably see this season as well. They got Jared Eikhoff down there. Uh, he hasn't been really good at all. But, you know, that they have a whole bunch of bodies that they could throw out there. So it's not – nothing set in stone, especially with this team on the pitching side. And there is no – uh certified ace by any means but yeah i would uh i'm down to give keller a few more starts i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna rip the band-aid off quite yet but yeah we're we're getting there to the point where perhaps he could be will crow 2.0 and that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world he definitely has better stuff than will crow and crow has been awesome but Keller throws faster and probably has better breaking stuff, although Crow's changeup has just been filthy. That's where Crow has an advantage over Keller because Keller's changeup kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, as far as the pitching staff goes, it seems like the Pirates' whole um, strategy right now is just they're just trying to piece together nine innings as best they can. But I think they could get a little more. Creative in how they piece those nine innings together.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna admit right now I always forget that Miguel hurry is part of the team. I <laughs> no no doubting on his ability. It's just with his timetable of being injured and uh, lack of use. I would say it's kind of hard to remember him sometimes. But I I agree. I think by mid season you'll see Miguel hurry and Rowansi Contreras. Now this this is staying on the same you know path that we're going on. I think they would replace possibly JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller midway through the season in the starting rotation. And those two, well, Keller definitely would flip to the bullpen Brubaker. I don't know what the hell they'd do with him. I'm, I'm getting tired of seeing him day in and day out, but um, maybe they give him a shot out there. Maybe just sort of shake up that piece. At least I'm with you on Zach Thompson. When I was at the game on Wednesday, guy looked solid against the Cubs uh just gave up a mistake pitch to Wilson Contreras, but I mean you're gonna get that sometimes. Other than that, he looked perfect. Um Dylan Peters, I think, is more of a mainstay in the piggyback role in the bullpen. Um he's not to me he doesn't have any starter material, at least from what I've seen. Like I've been a, an advocate for Peters since last year, since we got him, just because he's been he's been uh, useful, I would say. He's not he hasn't been, you know, lights out by any means, but he's been pretty good for what we all thought he would be. Um and yeah, don't touch Will Crow. He's hit. He, I don't know. Yeah, like right. I said, I don't know what the hell Oscar Marin did with him. That changeup of his is becoming nasty. It's kind of like uh, Ricky Vaughn's Dark Ball. I think it was. Isn't that, wasn't that the name of it in Major League? But um, he, the he's. The Terminator. Like, the Terminator. That's right. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> that, I, that was one I of think the you're right. I think you're right. I think I got that mixed up. But uh, yeah, there's. I, I think barring any major setbacks, I think your hurry and Contreras could find themselves into the pirates rotation come mid season, unless the pirates are clear that they don't want to win again. And they just send them both down or something. I don't know, but boy, you say chase DeYoung. young. <laughs> I don't know how you, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. He was part of a combined no hitter at the triple a level, but the he's just
0: another name.
1: Uh, he, he is one name. Yes. The other two, uh, yari De Los Santos and, uh, Oh, Austin Bryce. Oh, God. Why is it the ones that suck so bad in spring training? And maybe the young who sucked with the Pirates in his first go around, they combined for a no hitter. I I don't know. I have no faith in Chase DeYoung. I hated him last year. I hate him (laughs) now. I would never want to see him back in Pittsburgh again. (laughs) I Um, think we will at some point that's the saddest part of it all. But. Let me
0: let me let me ask you this cuz I'm kind of I'm looking at the list of pitchers right now and I'm kind of in my head doing a power rankings of like my confidence rating in this pitcher as a starter and I mean I hate to say it but like it's it's really bad. It is really bad cuz you know I look at it number 1 most confident I am in them being a starter or having the ability to be a starting pitcher Probably Rowan Contreras. After that, number two, probably Zach Thompson. And he's only pitched four innings, and he gave up two runs, and he wasn't like that great, and he he had to leave a little early because he got hit by a line drive or a grounder or whatever it was. But he's number two just purely on the wonder of eh, maybe he can be good. And he was solid with uh, Miami last season. So he's number two. Number three, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's probably Mitch Keller still. It really is. Because, you know, if you ask me to pick between Mitch Keller and Bryce Wilson, I'm taking Keller. I'm taking Keller over Brubaker. I'm taking Keller over Jose Quintana, who looked pretty meh today, although he was solid in the home opener. But I'd rather have Keller for, I don't know. After that, it's it's really bad. It falls off a cliff if it doesn't fall off a cliff after one. It's it's tough right now. Uh, the starting the starting rotation is probably easily the worst in baseball, if I had to guess. Honestly, it, it, it's that bad. But I don't know. It's weird because those same pitchers, if you stick them in the bullpen, they'll probably be pretty solid. It's it's funny. It's like the whole pitcher rotation is, at this point, at this point, the whole rotation is just one giant bullpen. And uh, I don't know. So I... I still want to see Mitch Keller get some starts. That's where I'm at. Still, still, I know. Well. I know, but I, I still do.
1: Yeah, I get you there with Keller, and I'm in the same boat, too. I, and I, this could be just false hope in me, but um, in terms of power rankings and in terms of pitchers, I'll agree, worst in baseball, uh, walking, revolving door bullpen. Uh, but obviously, Rowansi, I think that will take anybody's number one spot. Um, hype around him, the way he's performed. I mean, the way he attacked Juan Soto and his stupid Soto shuffle. God, I hate that so much. Really? I, I kind of like
0: it. <laughs> I think
1: it's the dumbest thing in baseball. The guy gets around by freaking doing a little shuffle at the plate, and then Rowansi Contreras just blanks him. I think it's funny as hell. Um, but Rowansi, number one. Thompson, number two, I'll agree with. But I got Quintana at three. I, yeah. I mean, he's not the greatest in the world. But considering he actually he, – he dominated in his first start, and if he would have had some offensive help, he would have walked away in his Pirates debut with a dub. But um, unfortunately, that's not the case. He's 0-2 via shenanigans. Yeah, today he didn't look the greatest, but uh, I, I don't know what to say about that other than I think that was just a rough start from him. Overall, I think he's looked pretty good um, in a Pirates uniform. Then I think it would go Keller – um ugh, now you're getting into gray territory with me because I don't want to give it to Bryce Wilson, but I sure as hell don't want to give it to JT Baker. I'll give it listen, I'll give it to Bryce Wilson. Brubaker has been in this rotation enough to try and prove himself. He just hasn't. Bryce Wilson is still fresh or fairly new to the pirate system. I would say if it's mid season and he still sucks the way he does, uh he's gonna go lower in my list, and I'd probably I would honestly bump up I would say you hurry if he gets a starting nod. Um, see, that's the thing. Yeah, with, I'd like to see him get some starts. You know, with this revolving door, it's hard to tell who's at the bottom or mid or bottom of your list, but I agree with Rowan and Thompson. I'd place Cantana a little bit higher and then Keller below him. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, when you're judging the worst rotation in baseball and you look at the numbers, it's it's pretty hard to do. So, I mean, you anyone can pretty much, I, I would say Contreras and Thompson have everybody's one and two. And if they don't, you're lying. So I, I think midseason would get a better shape of who our power rankings are in pitchers. But As yeah. far as season goes, I would say that's a fair assumption for all of them.
0: Yeah. And just to confirm it, I'm um, looking at fan graphs right now before today's games uh, is how updated this is. But as far as starting rotations go, the Pirates as a unit have a minus 0.3 war for their starters. And the next worst is 0.0 and that's the Arizona Diamondbacks and it's also the Boston Red Sox and you know there's a few other teams that whatever who cares but um yeah the Pirates the, their rotation is is it's rough it is but on the flip side their bullpen is 16th in total f war so Pretty average bullpen, I guess, with a really bad starting rotation um the pitching is gonna struggle, so that just makes the defense and hitting of this team all that more important and we'll see we'll see how that that uh kind of goes goes on further in the season and yeah, you just you do hold on hope that Mitch Keller can figure it out, and Rowanzi can maybe get some starts and guys like Thompson, Quintana, and Wilson can eat innings. But whenever that's like the best case scenario of what your starting your rotation is, that's probably not the greatest thing. But uh pirates are over five hundred right now, so I'm not gonna be too gloomy. So yep. uh let's look ahead a little bit here to the schedule and um the pirates are playing they're playing a tough matchup next three games. They will be at Milwaukee um, playing the Brewers, of course. And I'm just looking at the pitching matchups. It's uh, Zach Thompson. will get the start tomorrow at Milwaukee and who will, he'll be facing off against Eric Lauer, who uh, only one start this year. He went four and a third, gave up three earned. So, I think that's another lefty. Yeah, it's another lefty. So I will say this, too. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, but the Pirates against left-handed starters, I like that lineup a lot because, obviously, Hayes crushes lefties, Chavis crushes lefties. They got some lefty killers on this team. So I, say, I think the Pirates might have a chance to win tomorrow. The two games after that, though, are going to be tough. We got JT Brubaker against the reigning side Young Award winner, Corbin Burns. And Burns has pitched 12 innings this year, only giving up three total runs. That is a tough matchup for the Pirates. And then on Wednesday, we got our buddy Mitch Keller against the number two starter for, for the uh, Brewers, Brandon Woodruff. And Woodruff has struggled. Eight and two-thirds innings pitched this year. He's given up seven runs, four strikeouts, four walks. So he hasn't been great. So maybe, who knows, the Pirates maybe can string together a win or two in this series. I think they'll win one game in this series. I don't know what you're thinking.
1: Hmm. Well, we faced Corbin today, and we did okay against him. I think now that we're finally... Uh, you know, we finally know what to expect from left-handed pitchers. I think we're going to do really well against the hour tomorrow. Thompson will have another solid outing. I say we win that we'll agree there. We'll also agree that Brubaker is going to shift the bat against Corbin Burns. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to find a glimmer of hope in that, but I just can't. I mean, Burns is going to torch us. Um, luckily about tomorrow, we'll have a full, like healthy roster. We'll have Hayes and Reynolds probably back. Yeah, they'll so, be, that'll, that'll, that'll be a big boost. Um, my big thing is Wednesday. I'm actually going to do something that I don't do, and that's be a little optimistic on Mitch Keller. Um, don't and, do it. I mean, we're riding a hot streak right now. Keller has had two poor outings. He knows that this is starting to be do or die time for his career and what a time <laughs> it would be against the Brewers, who are currently first in the NL Central. Um, and, you uh, know, no, they're I they're, think the
0: Brewers have the same record as the Pirates. I think the Cardinals I did are
1: I that first. wrong? I might have. Oh, well.
0: oh, no, the Brewers are actually worse than the Pirates. The Brewers are 5-5 five and five currently. That's
1: funny. Oh. Oh, I did read that wrong then. But either way... Um, they're better. They're better. Yeah, they're on paper. They are much better than the Pirates. But I'm going to give Mitch Keller the benefit of the doubt. I say with everything warranting around him and the you know two past two starts he's had in the back of his head, he's going to go out there. He's going to fire. He's going to look like the spring training Mitch Keller. Okay. And I think we're going to see something a little bit different than what we saw over the past two appearances by him. So... I'm going to say that we're going to take this series two to one. If we sweep, I will shit a brick. Um, I, I, I want know. I wonder when that time will be, but then we got Chicago for four games. That's going to be something interesting. They're, they're the same record as us in the central right now. Yes. Um, that's at Wrigley field. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, but I definitely think we'll take two or three from the brewers. Hopefully that comes true. And hopefully Mitch Keller looks like the guy who we were promised at the beginning of the season.
0: Honestly, like uh betting odds wise, I'm trying to think about it, like Brubaker against Corbin Burns, the Pirates and the Pirates being on the road, they might be like plus three hundred money line underdogs in that game, I swear. Maybe not that high, but they'll they'll definitely be at least plus two hundred, maybe like plus two forty, if I had to guess. And that's that's gonna be a tough one. Let me ask you this though. Next ten games, the Pirates play the Brewers for three at the Cubs for four, and then they come home and play the Brewers for three more. Realistically, how many how many wins do you think they could pull out? Three,
1: three, and four, equivalent to ten. I would say that we're good. I would say maybe half of those. I'm gonna say we go five like 50% those fifty percent of the wins.
0: That's optimistic. I'll tell you that much. That is really optimistic. I'd be happy if they could get four. I'd be probably ecstatic if they pulled out four wins out of those 10 games. I do think that they could do some damage against the Cubs because I don't think the Cubs are very good. But at the same time, I would not be surprised at all if the Brewers won all six games against the Pirates over these next 10 games. I hope that doesn't happen, but that wouldn't surprise me. I'm I'm hoping that the Pirates can pull out four wins in their next 10. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. And that, that pretty much rounds out the month. That'll take us to April 28th, and then uh, to end the month, they host San Diego. So kudos to the Pirates for pulling out some wins in these early games, in these winnable games against teams that – aren't great. I don't think Washington's very good. I think they're probably going to finish last in their division this year. And I already said how I feel about the Cubs. They're not very good either, but um, four and two on the homestand. What else can you ask for? I think good teams would be happy with four and two on a homestand five and four right now. I mean, that's a, that's what that's a, that's a 90 win pace, something like that. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we could we could kind of wrap things up here. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we we sign off?
1: Um, maybe just a few things, and that's in the minor league level of things. Um, right now that Jacob Stallings trade is looking fantastic. Uh, yeah. Kyle Nicholas and Connor Scott crushing it in Double A, and obviously Zach Thompson in the major league level. It's looking pretty good, and with Z- Stallings kind of struggling here in the early part of the season, uh, I would say that we're starting to win that. Uh, Mason Martin and Cal Mitchell they're making a strong case to be promoted at some point soon. Um especially with Martin considering he had a big strikeout problem but he's tearing it up in AAA right now and Cal Mitchell um he I think leads the Indians in home runs right now so for those listening keep them on your radar expect them to be up soon uh, not maybe like in the near future but definitely on pace if they keep performing the way they are they'll be up too. Um I'm trying to think what else uh, Anthony Alford's beginning his rehab assignment um, in low A, keep him there. Uh, we don't need him, don't want him. He um, can DFA him and get him out of here. So that's what I'll uh, <laughs> leave off on, and hopefully we bring more wins. That's all I want, more wins.
0: Yeah, we can use a few more wins. O'Neal Cruz is struggling a little bit in AAA, but, you know, 30 at-bats. I'm not, not worried quite yet. Uh, Travis Swaggerty also struggling. Yeah, but Mason Martin, he looks solid. Few home runs. He's hitting well over 300, striking out less. Still striking out a lot, but striking out less. Um, yeah, looking a little bit further down. Leovir Paguero, two home runs, including a missile the other day on like a high fastball that he just got on top of and hit a line drive uh, out to left field. Nick Gonzalez is not not hitting great, but he's getting on base. He's taking his walks. He has nine walks. Already on the season, so you like to see that. Uh, You mentioned Connor Scott looking really good uh, on the pitching side at Double A. Let's see how. Let's see how our buddy Quinn Priester is doing. He's in Double A, correct? Is he in Double A or is he in? Is he in Single A? Kyle Nicholas, though you mentioned him, he looked really solid. Let me see here. When, is he,
1: is he hurt right now?
0: I don't know. I can't find anything on Quinn Priester at the moment, but at single A, Jared Jones, awesome. He's a name to look out for. Michael uh, Burrows has been solid too. I think he's, yeah, he's in double A. Still has not given up a run in eight innings. So, yeah, once once, uh, a few more games get, get, under the belt, we could kind of dive in on what's going on in the minor leagues. I still think these players are kind of getting their feet wet, although they have played the same amount of games as the major league players that we are severely judging. So I guess, I mean, we'll get into it more though later. Jake, any last thoughts
1: before we get out of here?
0: think i think we may have lost jake here i'm getting him back on here jake you with us
1: yeah can you hear me now
0: yep gotcha
1: i don't know what happened there um now my only parting words were uh let's go box bring some wins home let's show the nl central that we can step up to the competition and we're not just a doormat so that's it
0: for sure third place bucks that's the goal That is the goal. And, yeah, we'll be back after the Brewers series, so probably going to record on Wednesday. Might have that out Wednesday afternoon, considering it is a day game, maybe Wednesday evening. But we'll be back then for Episode 60. That's exciting. Jake, give us the Twitter.
1: The Twitter is at underscore radio, Jake.
0: Awesome. Follow me on Twitter as well at Nathan underscore Hirsch. H U R S H. And of course, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Got some awesome reading for you over there. If you're into that type of thing, if you know how to read, meme, it's tough sometimes, but uh, got some good stuff there. All right, Jake, thank you as always, and we'll talk later this week.
1: Yes, sir. We'll talk later this week.
0: All right. Peace out, everyone. Have a great day.